0: and what we have is much more than they can see. Never, 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 never. Oh, yeah? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so much, much more. It's so much, much more. Then they can see, never, 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 never. Um, I forgot the rest of the words of that song. (laughs) What a difference, (laughs) these two lovers design. Uh, So much, (laughs) I can't even keep a straight face. (laughs) That nigga Jeffrey Osborne off the chain. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a difference between huff and the loud. Mm -mm. It's so (sighs) strange. So dang. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Let me get let me get off <laughs> it. Let me get off it. Let me get off it. Oh, what a difference! <laughs> Shout out to LTD. <laughs> Sweetheart. Hit the intro, man. Hit the intro. They know I'm out here playing. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Hawaiian oh, Bake. We be mo Yeah. This is your Solution Bake podcast. First thing in the morning, morning show. Okay, we discuss new blackness, blackness, new blueprints toward blackness, all things black, blackity, black, black, black. black. Cause I'm black, y'all. And I'm black, y'all. Okay. Uh yeah. <laughs> um think of us like Howard Stern meets. Who's the nigga I talk about? Tom Joyner. (laughs) Howard Stern meets Tom Joyner with a freshly rolled blunt in the morning. Speaking of which, I need y'all to make say good morning to our illustrious, our award-winning, our (laughs) world-renowned producer, the lady of the house. Say good morning.
1: I don't know. Good morning, y'all. (laughs)
0: You something else, man, you something else. As always, the show is being brought to us by the Washington Informer Bridge, Bridge WIBridgeDC.com or at WIBridgeDC on all social media platforms. My man Media Prince has this new season of What's Going On DMV, that's popping right now. We can check out this quick commercial from my man the Media Prince we bring you culture and taste art and entertainment we bring you history and politics and we got all things dc i even got you covered maryland and virginia welcome to what's going on dc appreciate appreciate you the media prince um if y'all haven't seen it i am one of the new members of the dmv men in media okay i put up the graphic yesterday and i'm not gonna talk about y'all today. But niggas love pictures, okay? Because I made the announcement a while ago. Even gave myself a little selfie to do it. But When I put the picture up yesterday, niggas congratulated me like they had never seen it before. I appreciate all the appreciation. Shout out to the media prince for organizing that group, the DMV media, media. I see y'all fellas.
1: You know niggas don't read, though. Huh? You know niggas
0: don't read. I don't know what's up with that. Niggas don't read. <laughs> niggas really don't read. We're going to have to break that curse. <laughs> Maybe one day on Wake Up with Up, i will just get on here and read. <laughs> Not allowed. I'm just going to read so y'all niggas know that niggas do read. I'm reading a new Claude McKay book, actually. It's um Home to Harlem. Claude McKay is one of the principal writers of the Harlem Renaissance. I have been obsessed, and that actually leads into our first topic today. I have been obsessed with the Harlem Renaissance. Yeah. Like, obsessed. Mm-hmm. Like I have three books at the office that I constantly read through and fr- through the quotes and the moments that happen at the Harlem Renaissance. Yeah. And the Harlem Renaissance, we not. It's not. It's not topic time. Hold on. It's not topic time. <laughs> it's not topic time. Keep it organized, B-Mo. Keep it organized. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. want um, to jump
1: right into it. I do
0: want to jump right into it. Um, this morning we're also being brought to you by the good folks at Elevated Lounge DC and my man Chris Cardi. Okay, I got the bastard shirt on. We are gonna put that clip together. It's gonna be one of the commercial soon. But we bastards out here. Okay, fuck the traditional system head to at chriscardi.com or at chriscardi on social media get you a bastard shirt right now because fuck the masters fuck that uh uh uh, uh sexist racist misogynistic Classics. organization that props itself on white supremacy we are bastardizing that image not only as a people but as a culture god damn it Make sure y'all check out Chris Gardner, okay? Somebody asked me yesterday, how come you go from being loud to quiet so fast? And I said, I learned from Stephen A. Smith, okay? Oh, Lord. <laughs> I only got one volume, but when I come down low, it's just to set up the loud volume, okay? You okay, know? <laughs> I'm a musician, goddammit.
1: <laughs> I don't know if you should be taking lessons from Stephen A. You know,
0: you know, sweetheart, <laughs> you got a point. <laughs> you know, sweetheart, you got a point. Um, as always you can always donate to the show go ahead okay go ahead to bemoauthentic.com backslash durent d-a-r-e-n-t okay it costs about 217 dollars per show to make the episode we do have three patreon nights hey okay we got to start shouting y'all love this is what we're gonna do at the beginning of the show we're just gonna put y'all names real big on the screen just be like Izzy. <laughs> that's what we're gonna do we're gonna shout out our patreon nights uh from episode to episode check that out on thursday um, but you can also become a patron night $10 a month, or donate to the show as you see ad hoc. We just need the support to keep going. I'm gonna be honest with you, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Can I be honest with you? Can well, I be cool, honest always. with you? always. Always cool. I'm determined to never buy weed again. Yeah. I'm actually determined between the sponsors and the gifters and the donators. I feel like if we doing the work to, to clarify black culture, we should have to pay for no grass. I call it grass like I'm from 1975? Oh, Lord. We might as well roll up a doobie then.
1: (laughs) now you turn into a man from (laughs) Elevated. I don't know, you gotta take
0: me out back, sweetheart. You gotta take me out back. Chris Allen said you got Southern pastor vibes. That's what it is. That's what it is. Damn Fred Johnson, that's what that is. (laughs) (laughs) Pastor Johnson. Pastor Fred Johnson from Florence, South Carolina, got me right, we appreciate you. Reverend Johnson, don't shout out to the ancestors. Shout out
1: to my Reverend Johnson too, also an ancestor. <laughs> Damn,
0: you niggas both did. Right. That is wild.
1: That is wild. I should write a book. Yeah.
0: I should write a book because I don't think I don't think any of my Sunday school classmates are gonna write about the experience. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe Danielle. Danielle continues to surprise me from time to time. But it's that thing—it's that thing that people do in the north, where they hear Southern people and they hear Southern people talk, and they think they stupid. Mm. Did you notice that when you first came up here? Like when you—if you spoke slower, people yeah. looked at you like you were retarded. Yeah, that was a bad word to use. People looked at you like you were like slow. Well, I guess retarded and slow is the same thing. And I didn't mean it in a in the, in the derogatory turn. Excuse me to the special needs community, but people really looked at you like you were an idiot. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you talking so slow, nigga? That's how I talk. Mm-mm. The fuck, anyway, Jeff write that book, but we got some great things we want to talk to you about this morning. That's <laughs> some very interesting things we want to speak to you about this morning. We have three things actually. We want to talk about this bitch ass pop up grocery store that I saw the other day. Man. I think I gave it away, but I want I want it to be I wanted to be a uh, coy. Mm-hmm. about how I introduced the topic. I guess not. Fuck
1: that. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> whoops. <laughs> uh, we are talking about this punk-ass this punk pop-up grocery store. I want to talk about the theory of sensationalism and quality while I give my review of the National Cannabis Fest. I might read my article just straight up out loud. Okay. Uh, and then lastly, I want to talk about the death of black Twitter. Mm. The death of black Twitter and you silly-ass niggas. <laughs> um, um, but first, let's get to... This pop up grocery store. So, I'm walking to the office. The office is on the upper side of Union Market at the top of the hill. Keyword being market. I don't know how many people are familiar with washington dc but there's an area in dc called union market
2: Mm
0: -hmm. union market is exactly what it sounds like it is a market within a district international importers and exporters moving product out of the union market like if i if you ever been to union market at like noon you know exactly what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. you see people pushing out tons i literally mean tons of onions, I'm yeah. seeing the the major importer for oxtails selling oxtails around the corner. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing African chickens being sold. The other day, the other day, a lady walked by me and said, "Hey, do you know where the market is?" And I pointed to Union Market, and she said, "No, not that. The real market." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Oh, it's right here on the street over here. Most of the shops are closed, but check out the Mexican fruits. Check out the meat the meat stand that's over there. Heard that good, good prices, right?" Mm-hmm. And talking to some of the community members from Union Market, they say that the exporters there are some of the major uh, uh, the major distributors to some of your favorite Michelin star restaurants, mm-hmm. some of your favorite food trucks, some, uh, some government entities as well. So some of the best food, the quality of food, the market of food comes from this union market area. Mm-hmm. So as I'm walking mm, 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 mm. as I'm walking to the office which means I have to walk directly through the real market, not the fake market like the African lady told me. As I'm mm-hmm. walking directly through the fake market, I'm walking past I'm going towards my coffee shop, black owned village, the village cafe, okay? I'm walking towards my coffee shop and I see a red sign that flashes on my left. And it says, prop, it says pop up grocer. Are you showing the image? Are you showing the, uh, show the browser? You just got to pull it up. As you pull up the browser, people will oh, see what that's I'm talking about. Huh? Oh, that's the picture.
1: Where'd it go? Where is it?
0: Hmm. <laughs>
3: okay.
0: Yeah, it might still be at the bottom. Um, but as I walk by, I see the red sign that says pop up grocer, making grocery shop being fun, pop-up grocer making grocery shopping fun. My blood boils, boils I say, you see, no?
1: I just see a Google, I'm gonna use a Google browser unless you had,
0: I thought I had one. I thought I had one of those. It might be in gentrification um, part one, Um, but either way, I'm sorry Um, y'all, saw the story Walk by immediately pissed because it was a pop-up grocery store coming to Union Market. An example. My man, Boom, informed me on Thursday, he sent me an article from Politico that was talking about the displacement of black-
1: Okay, you good.
0: What happened?
1: It wasn't a audio input on the, the Google search.
0: Which means there's no overlay on the joints either. What you
1: mean? Like there's
0: no bemo and stuff. That's all right. Go back okay. to go back to the main scene. Okay. Um. Uh. Before I start getting to some clip heavy stuff. Um. Actually, go to the justification screen. One of the justification screens. I wish I could see it, but I can't really see it right now. No, I won't be able to see it okay. there either. Um okay. that's okay. Uh so boom after you sent me some other stats. I looked up some other things as it came to gentrification and and, and displacement. And one of the shocking things that I learned was that in this same year of 2010 to 2020, of the ten major cities that were once majority black, nine of ten of them have lost the major population of black people. Now, black people didn't die. Right. We didn't just die during fucking corona. Like we were displaced. Something happened. Mm-hmm. And now niggas is in the counties. Now niggas is in the outside. And what we used to call this in urban development class at eight o'clock in the morning on Tuesdays and Thursdays, the Howards. I'll never forget that time. Jesus, I only went to seven classes. <laughs> but in the seven classes they went, they called that, uh, they called that um urban flight mm. being displaced. Yeah. So because it's almost like it's an ebb and flow game. So with the niggas in the county, the white folks want to be in the city. If the white folks are in the city, if the niggas is in the city, then the white folks want to be in the county. Yeah. And so it just keeps going back and forth. So we get displaced and replaced, displaced and replaced, displaced and replaced. And as much as I want to give a criticism on the house buying tactics and the generational wealth that's been developed by generational Washingtonians, I don't feel like that's appropriate for the moment. What I do feel like is appropriate is that from 2010 to 2020, I feel like we've had mayors that have been people of color.
1: Right, definitely. So then
0: what the fuck happened? What the fuck happened? How do you sell out a city for money? And what's interesting is, as I'm walking past this pop-up grocer and I'm thinking about these statistics, the lady of the house, we get on the phone call, because we talk all the time, we get on the phone call and the lady of the house has had some discoveries of gentrification on her own.
1: Yeah, I wrote some notes. (laughs)
0: Here's what the notes, lady of the house. I find this interesting, and we're gonna circle back to the example of the pop-up grocer, because all this is gonna make sense in a moment. Go ahead.
1: Okay. Have have you noticed that the huge decline of the big cities in America today coincides with the collapse of the black population in these big cities? And basically gentrification is eating itself.
0: Mm. So as the as the black population declines mm-hmm. within the city, the culture of that city is also depleted. Right. I want y'all to think of the noise regulations that happen downtown. If you haven't, if you haven't been to Gallery Place since the pandemic, I'm begging you to go this week. It's a ghost town. Wow. There is nothing in Gallery Place right now. Where the Ruby Tuesdays was, yeah. That whole side, all the businesses are closed. What? On the other, across the street where the Avita Salon was. Yeah. where the Urban Outfitters was. The Urban Outfitters is now Xfinity and everything else is closed. What?
1: That little candy shop is gone?
0: Gone. Wow. Gone. Empty businesses. That's crazy. Now, of course, this is because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But right before the pandemic and during the pandemic, if you remember, there was the noise cancellation policies that were happening from the residents of Gallery Place. Mm -hmm. They were saying, we didn't want to hear no amplified noise. And now, not only do they hear no amplified noise, they have no amplified business. Wow. The culture that once got the culture that kept them being up gallery gone, Zapiano's, gone, all the restaurants and local eateries gone. Only thing over there is fucking I think a Starbucks that punk ass Clydes and another and a Chipotle and a McDonald's. That's it.
1: That's it. Wow. That's
0: what is I want to I want white people to know that's what cities look like without black people. Okay. Ain't no flavor, right? You got you got more notes.
1: Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah, Uh, today's big cities are collapsing, but don't let the fancy restaurants, pristine glass buildings, and Whole Foods fool you because corporatism is what's fueling the city, but today's cities feel sterile and lack a certain character, like you were just saying. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of gentrification was to revitalize, you know, downtrodden neighborhoods and whatever. <laughs> But it's become a predatory, imminent domain and a prejudicial and racist system that harms the working class and low income minority communities. But interestingly enough, when gentrification happens, crime rises as well. I mean, but we we know this. Mm-hmm. And there are studies that correlate the relationship between crime and gentrification. And they found that gentrification often leads to increases in crime, like larceny and robbery. Mm. And there's two reasons for that one is of course you know you you see new wealthier affluent residents and of course you're incentivized right right and the other reason is because crime thrives on instability anonymity and weaker social ties and when you destabilize the community you don't have you know those people who have been on the street for decades who are looking out for you everybody's for themselves it's all individualistic
0: very true i think about the funny enough that your story right there makes you think about the niggas on the niggas on our street Right. But yeah. there was a, as y'all know, there aren't gangs per mm-hmm. se, but I don't want y'all to think there isn't violence due to collected activity. There aren't gangs in DC because niggas never went for the blood crypt situation. Right. Niggas was more territorial. So when I lived on R street, there was, and I say this all the time and people be laughing, but it was it was kind of serious. Yeah. There was a beef between the R street niggas and T street niggas. It's yeah. a catacorner uh, relationship. And back in the day, the OGs told me they called the area that I used to live in the, uh, the wizard of Oz. Really? It's one of those areas that was like, you could go get crack and the police would just stand on the perimeter. What? It's one of those like free areas where they couldn't really like understand yeah. and control the drugs. So just let it happen in this area. Kind of like, um, it was a, it was a place in the wire that was like that too. I forgot that was a Amsterdam. I think it was called Amsterdam in the wire. But anyway, there was basically a, a legalized zone of the cell of crack,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which we'll get to that when we talk about the NCF here in a second. Um, <laughs> So there was a beef between the R Street niggas and the T Street niggas yeah. back from those days. Like generational beef between these two neighborhoods. Right. One day, um, actually the first day I had bought all this equipment for after school All-Stars to start a DJ class. Mm-hmm. I had like three DJ controllers, yeah. four MacBooks, four monitors, there's like a whole bunch of like expensive equipment like in my truck at the time. Yeah. I got home, locked my car, went upstairs. I get a knock on my door like two hours later. Yeah, it's the OGs from the block, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird because I didn't know exactly what they knew exactly where I stayed. It's the OGs from the block, and they're like, "Hey, you left your back window down." Yeah, and I'm like, "What?" They're like, "Yeah, we've been watching it, thinking that you was coming back, but you left the back window down. You might want to come close it up before somebody just starts taking shit out the back." Right. But we out here, so don't worry about it. Right. So I was like, "All right, cool. Pay the nigga for an eighth. Went downstairs, closed the window up." Never had a problem. Mm-hmm. Never had a crime. The only crime problem I had on R Street was there was a shootout between the R Street niggas and the T Street niggas, and right. I was in my car. And they handling now, they they beef.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's none of your business. That's, that's their beef.
0: <laughs> what I'm saying is, niggas, like you said, niggas is far less to rob Miss Perkins down the street from mm-hmm. her new Cadillac right. than... Uh, Teddy Jones, the new white boy right. for his new fucking Tesla. Right. I want the Tesla and right. I don't know you. Right. <laughs> but Miss Perkins took me to Sunday school. Right. So she's straight. Right, She used to babysit me. She used, so. to, baby, right. she used to babysit my mother. Right. Uh, I'm not robbing so that lady. Straight, right. <laughs> um... But there's something that you said. The gentrification eats itself. Yeah. Densification is supposed to heal downtrodden neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And you know what that sounds like? That sounds like good old-fashioned colonization. <laughs> okay. That's all it says. We right. have to uh, uh,
1: save you and
0: save you and civilize the brutes, right? Right. Because apparently, I mean, I'm looking at your dry cleaners, and mm-hmm. it looks like it's ten years out of date. So we have to replace you right. with this this, this fucking uh, eminent domain bullshit. That shit is whack. That shit is whack. And what we get, you got the picture on the screen, what we get is these super centers mm-hmm. of gentrified areas that is nothing but motherfucking uh, uh, franchises. Right. Things that are even original to the community. Things that don't even, I don't need a Burlington Coat Factory. Right. Hit the gentrification two part, which I think is going to show pictures of the great migration, right? Uh, oh, this is the
1: browser. But where's the, it's not there.
0: Okay, don't worry about it. Just keep the browser up. Um, So, I want to come back to the grocer. And I want to come back to a statement that the lady of the house said. Gentrification eats itself. The outcome of gentrification are overexpensive, dead cities. Mm -hmm. I don't know if y'all put four and four together yet, though. Let me tie those bonds together. Eden's... Which is the gentrification wing of Union Market is the person who is the people who own majority of the buildings that's happening in Union Market. Union Market itself, Lackawanna, several uh, businesses around, and burgeoning businesses to be. Mm-hmm. Eden's opens up a pop-up grocery store that specializes in selling international foods in the middle of a market. Why? <laughs> why why would eden's this is a quick quiz for y'all i'm gonna see if y'all can catch the riddle before i can solve it for you Mm -hmm. why would eden's the gentrification wing the real estate wing of new union market open up a new international store in the middle of union market it
1: doesn't have to do with displacement trying to price the the international markets out essentially
0: there is a meat market inside of Eden's union market. Mm-hmm. I have overheard some of the butchers at that meat market say that they have gotten meat from the international market. Wow. When I walk into the international market, the steaks that we like, $8 a pound. Mm-hmm. When I walk into the union market market, the steaks that we like, $22 a pound. <laughs> so then why would Eden's open up an international market in the middle of union market to do what to displace Mm -hmm. and as much smoke as I want to give it directly to Eden's because it is their fault this displacement is built on a demand right these white folks in union market are so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. with black and brown international people that they need a specialty store specifically catered to their experience Mm -hmm. So that they can enjoy the same benefits of an international market. So when the lady of the house says that gentrification eats itself, I see a market built in a market to destroy a market. Right. That that market will eventually need.
1: Exit. I wrote something about that too. Um. Well, an example would be like you know a white couple from the Midwest who mm-hmm. are, um. They have nice jobs, a hipster lifestyle. They move in a soon-to-be gentrified neighborhood in a working-class area, but the generational residences are working class. They have a different culture, of course. Mm -hmm. They are more into bars and lounges, you know, Mm -hmm. that type of thing. But the gentrifiers are into Soul Cycle and vegan restaurants. Mm -hmm. So because they make more money, the property developers cater to them. Of course. Right. And they're the ones who are willing to pay the exorbitant amount of money to stay there. So,
0: you know, oh man, I wish you would have went. I see that. I talked about this on Thursday. I saw that directly at the corner store around the corner from the small one box. Yeah, It amazes me that the last time I did an event with 301 Icon in February, that corner store reminded me of just a regular ass DC bodega corner store. Right. When I went into this last time, this joint was a wine cellar.
1: That's insane,
0: and I don't mean a cellar of wine. I mean the bougie place where white people keep their wine. Mm-hmm. Us uh, wines had the wooden racks. It was a completely right. different field. Their focus wasn't on uh, dollar snacks and right. selling rellos. Their focus is on selling thirty dollars, thirty dollars, thirty dollars a bottle of wine. I'm
1: pretty sure back in the day they used to have a cat, you know, like those. Yeah, those, yeah, right.
0: No more. <laughs> no more. No more, because the because what justification does it change the demographic of the neighborhood. So now, in order to stay in business, you have to cater to these people. And Eden, Eden knows that. Eden knows that Trader Joe's is not a real grocery store. They know that right. it's a motherfucking TV dinner,
3: mm-hmm.
0: right? And they know these white people are not shopping these international markets where the real food is coming from. That's crazy. It's wild. We got any comments? I oh, we got a lot of comments.
1: <laughs> um, on YouTube,
0: <laughs> let's see we got. Ask the people, should I smoke lemon bean? Jack Herrera or a mix of both. Go ahead. <laughs> uh,
1: Chris Allen says seems like shit ain't been right since the Nats came to RFK. Like Pittsburgh and Dayton, Ohio, white cities look industrial as fuck. And then Savior mentality. He said Jack. Who Jack? Jack here. Oh, okay for sure. And then on Instagram. do you
0: meet my friend Jack? Like what? Ah. Jack out here displacing. Ah. Damn it, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I will revoke my friendship. God damn it!
1: Not revoke.
0: <laughs> I do got a black friend. His name is Bimo. No, you don't. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, Boom says, and let's not forget about Metro PCS on Georgia Ave. Do they still play music?
0: Yeah, they do. Okay, they do. And every time I go by there, I just right I make bet, sure. Bet it better be. It better be some go go playing over Land, here.
1: Man, the dog walkers on Howard's campus and the jog. All right, <laughs> and then he also said noise regulations and attacks on pop up markets in Mount Pleasant all correlated.
0: All correlated, but yet we have a pop up grocery store. The other thing I felt when I saw this, can I be honest with you? Yeah. The other thing I felt here was jealousy.
1: Right, is that easy for y'all to
0: just? I was um I was talking to the lady at Songbird. You know, she got a crush on me. Yeah. I was talking to was smoking smoking a blunt with Jess outside uh, outside the office. I was talking to the lady at Songbird, and I was expressing all my my. Mm-hmm. My dreams and shit, and she was like, "Oh, sounds like you need a storefront," mm-hmm. and I wanted to look at her like, "White lady, please, <laughs> you think I got the money and generational wealth and backing <laughs> to just start a just just start a storefront?" What, lady, I gotta pay the rent this month. They don't even. <laughs> <rent>. <laughs> you talking about a storefront?
1: That kind of just brought me back to uh, that Jane Elliott video. <laughs> like they don't even they don't even realize.
0: And you're, they don't even recognize this. you The wage gap, not the wage gap, the wealth gap is real. Right. You, you, you. a crazy, random white lady? You know what's crazy, random white lady? <laughs> I probably am, and I probably am of more money than you are. Right. But I still don't have the access that you have. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna give me the loans to start no fucking business in Union Market. Right. You know what Eden's gonna do? Eden. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that out loud. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to say that out loud. We
1: got some more comments.
0: I don't know if I'm supposed to say that out loud. <laughs> I got to check my contract. Ah. <laughs> I got to check my NDA. <laughs> uh-huh. Check your mates. You got to check, check your mates. <laughs> we got more comments because it's rolling time. Yeah,
1: uh, Boom says, but these young niggas savage now. No more neighborhood code.
0: Because they ain't got no neighborhood. What they you mean neighborhood they no code? Neighborhood. They don't got no neighborhood. Uh-oh. My man told me in Southeast when he was growing up, it was 100 kids on the block. What? It was, because every house, you say it was like 50 yeah. houses on the block, and, and every house had kids. Wow. It was 100 kids on the block. Wow. There was a graduating class for your high school, and there was a graduating class from your block. Wow. <laughs> when you reduce that number, to fifty kids, mm-hmm. and you don't know twenty five of them, right? You don't have a neighborhood. You can't. You can't even get a good five on five tournament going.
1: We might have to talk about man <laughs> on Thursday. What's up? I I feel like the youth are, man. Like the youth are in trouble. Yeah. Or are you old? The youth are in trouble
0: oh we'll, yeah, we'll talk about it on Thursday. Yeah, okay. we'll talk about on Thursday. You got any more comments yeah, before okay. we get to, our, get to our, 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 our rolling break?
1: Yeah, Kendall says, that's such a profound metaphor, really sums up gentrification. Boom says, take a look at how they are rebranding these once predominantly black communities. Columbia Heights is Kohai. What? Is what? Kohai? Yeah. Adams Morgan is Admo. Yep. Another way for them to rebrand and take control of the demands of those communities.
0: They turned motherfucking Trinidad into Noma. Never forget. Wow, they did. (laughs) Uh,
1: Kendall says getting money is really the only way to fight back. Boom says that's real though.
2: Mm.
1: Boom says you see the videos of this white lady, white lady interviewing people asking for their salary. The types of people speaks volumes.
0: Asking people for their salary.
1: I've seen videos like that too. They'll stop people on the street and ask them like how much they make and what they do. There okay. is a, a stark difference between the white people and the black people. Why is that? Um, this one video I watched—it wasn't a white lady; it was it was some random guy. But I think he was in New York. Um, most of the white people he asked were making like six figures, and they're doing you know creative jobs. What do white
0: people do? We've had this conversation.
1: I got I got to watch the video again because I was like, "What do y'all really?" One man was like, "I make mid six figures." Yeah, and then I think he asked maybe two or three black people. Yeah The one black guy Who was making the most He owned his own business He was a Fashion designer Or a stylist or something There Mm -hmm. was another black guy Who was making like Around 50k Or Mm -hmm. something like that I think he was a Like a Custodian Or a janitor Or something Yeah Yeah it was crazy
0: And they can make more money than me
1: Right (laughs) Right
0: That's crazy What other comments got?
1: Um Akilah says, How can we redirect Akilah. people? <laughs> right. How can we redirect people from shopping at the pop up grocery?
0: I mean, this, what's crazy is. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, whiteness is so funny. I would be surprised if I ever saw a black person in a pop up grocery store. Right. I would really be surprised. <laughs> and I, if I saw them in, I think I would just stare them through the window, like.
1: Right. Really? Right. Uh, really? Are you aware of what's happening right now? <laughs> Do you know what you're doing?
0: The other thing I, I said before I was, uh, uh, before I forgot was basically like, I was jealous because, man, they just, I mean, this fucking food desert in the Southeast has been there for like 15 years. That's what I'm saying. Like, niggas, niggas just got to pop up grocery on a month because it's fun. Like, is like, that wild. easy for
1: y'all to just put a grocery store? Like, if that was the case, why?
0: That's wild. Like, now, I'm like, what, now I'm starting to think like, what the fuck, what the fuck is a barrier? I don't know. It's crazy. Um, but it's rolling time. It's rolling time. I have for today's rolling time, I have a very, I have a very good treat for you. My man Owen has produced a new project around hair equity. It is called Delilah. It is one of the most beautiful pieces I have seen. Uh definitely an an, an additive to the Chocolate City Renaissance. To all my creators out there, to all my content creators out there, we off the we off the making shit for social media. Like, we off that. Mm-hmm. Now we off, we off the trying to get your attention in the first three seconds, we off that. If you wanna watch, watch, if you don't wanna watch, go back to your shitty social media life. I heard someone say the other day that the CEO of TikTok is considering themselves, the CEO of TikTok considers TikTok not to be social media, but to be media. What? To be forms of media, to be the new form of media. And if that's the case, you <laughs> niggas will never know quality. Play my man, play my man, Del- Delilah. Hey, the- Black hair continues to be a trending topic all across the country, discussed on multiple platforms and even getting the attention of lawmakers over the past several years. You know, there's just something about the curls, the kinks, the patterns of an African-American, African-American woman or man's that a man's
3: crown that's, from that's causing the
0: conversation we're having. For blocks, to
2: the twists, to twists, the curls, to curls, to braids, for many, it's not just Afro, a hairstyle, braid, but a lifestyle. There's been plenty of cases in this type Why of thing. The text, Finstine, is perceived simply as unprofessional. On one side, you have a white rep
3: rooted in the causes of the crown. And on the other side, it's seven-year-old African-American
0: community, employment or education, the been wearing your, your hair like this As much,
3: much a a <laughs> <It's a pretty laughs> the as I one, one week to tame her dirty. One day, on
2: hey look, <laughs> the real problem is your hair. It's unprofessional. It's the equivalent of me wearing a baseball cap to go to the grocery store and that viewers needed to see a beauty queen. It felt like not only were you telling me that my hair was unprofessional, you're telling uh, the people in our community, the people that look like me, the, that our hair
3: Delilah says to us, children of Samson, love me. Delilah says, I love those who love me, so learn how to love me. Delilah says, do as I say. Delilah says, doing what I say equals loving me, which equals me loving you. So if you truly, truly want me, then do this. Delilah says, cut it place for your hair or the god that resides inside of it side with me delilah says pick me and not your hair delilah says the fruits of her ripe labor are at the tips of your fingers just cut off the history weighing you down delilah says it is not about where you came from it is about where you are going delilah says she can fix your past all of it all of it was a mistake delilah says fix your mistakes, Delilah says you do not deserve her love until you fit the description, until the God in you fits the description. The God in your kinks is unprofessional. Delilah says that the God in your locks is simply too.
0: If y'all want to see more of that, which I think is beautiful, I'm not gonna lie, head over to Owen M. Hart on um Owen M Hart on Instagram or uh, uh, Owen is also Delilah. Just search on Delilah by Owen on on YouTube to check out the whole thing. It is a beautiful situation. The lady of the house is having trouble with her microphone right now. I didn't know that was Owen. Huh?
1: I didn't know that was Owen.
0: Here's Owen. Nice. Yes, Owen's that's Owen's beautifully directed project. Uh, my man on some real Renaissance shit again. I have been obsessed with the Harlem Renaissance. Some niggas were working like jobs so that they could be creatives later. This nigga Owen right now is a whole construction worker. What? That is a that to me is the most beautiful thought to have just to be thinking about Owen like sitting on top of a skyscraper, skyscraper uh uh finishing off some nuts and bolts but also thinking about hair equity as he overlooks the city. That's a beautiful thing. Right. That's such a beautiful that's such a beautiful thought to me. Um and I cannot wait and this is why the lady at Songbird saying I should just open up a, open up a, a storefront to me is just a ridiculous thought. Niggas got to work jobs to be able to create their whole vision. So this nigga had to pick up a, pick up what other people call career so that he could just be creative.
1: I was about to say, we shouldn't have to though.
0: We shouldn't have to. We shouldn't have to. We should have. We should have generations of wealth that allow us to to walk into the footsteps of the other generational giants that came before us. But Jordan <laughs> and Houston died broke.
1: And uh, Madam C.J. Walker's daughter squandered all her
0: wealth. Damn. Yeah. Well, anyway, today's um today's Blunt is being sponsored by our good friends, as always, over at Street Lawyer Services. We really appreciate them for sponsoring the ashtrays over at the, the, the Wake and Bake Fest for being a constant <laughs> sponsor of Wake and Bake with BMO. Uh, they were at the national cannabis fest and we do have a shared opinion about what happened at national cannabis fest but as far as i-71 shops as far as the gifting situation goes i think that uh, street lawyer services is one of those places that can guarantee you the quality of what you're looking for i was talking to my man elevated and he said that lonnie the street lawyer what do you call him was a pioneer Mm -hmm. in the game of the i-71 one of the first i-71s in dc set up on a street took all the bullets took all the raids took all the haze and all the all the uh confusion from government manipulated the gray market so they were able to get situations like this and now they are sponsoring a revolutionary voice like ours
1: (laughs) i don't as
0: i was as i was talking to myself I'm pretending to talk to my employers, I don't think they knew who they fucking with. No. So today's blunt. Today we are smoking Jack Herrera a sativa, something that we have smoked on the on the show before. They did shoot us that lemon bean that we smoked last night. Shit was fire. Not gonna lie, it had a good lemon taste to yeah, it. Yeah, it was very lemony. It was very lemony. It's called lemon bean. So I guess. On the nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but speaking of NCF, oh, and while I'm here, um, while I'm here, you can also sign up to be a Wake and Bake with Bema or donate to the show, BemoAuthentic.com backslash the rent, the lady of the house is putting up the lower third in case you need instructions exactly how to do so. Okay, the show costs 217 dollars each. We do, know, we do need donations to keep this thing going. Although I just announced a sponsor, y'all could also be the sponsor too, okay? And if you're looking to sponsor Chris Allen, if you're looking to sponsor mm-hmm. and have your situation played during the show, holla at me. It ain't no thing. We can figure it out. Figure out the prices. What's up?
1: Kendall asked for, well he said that film was beautiful. Do you have the creator's IG?
0: Yeah, at, at Owen M. Hart Owen M. Hart. I think that's his name. Hold on, let me check my Instagram real Are quick. Are there
1: periods in between
0: his name? Hold on. I'm, I'm, it's Owen.M. Hart. And his name is me, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how he talk. Yeah, Delilah is fucking beautiful. Yeah. You film creators. Y'all got to get together. Okay?
1: Right. Ooh.
0: Maybe y'all can shoot the BMO like a BMO show. Super, yeah. <laughs> like super film, but <laughs> <a> Super film. Yeah. <laughs> um, Let's spark this blunt, and actually what I wanna do, if the people don't mind, I'm gonna take my dyslexic voice, and hope y'all have some patience with me. I am going to, I wrote a review of the National Cannabis Fest. I wanna read the review, and then we can speak about it colloquially, but I wanted to read it on some French dispatch shit, okay? Uh-huh. I watched the French dispatch, and now I think I'm James Baldwin, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on, let me spark this blunt, and we can get right into it.
1: Do you have a scene? A, a
0: For... NCF? Yeah. No, I don't have a scene for NCF. Okay. I'm, I'm just gonna read and then we're gonna talk. Okay. okay? It's 712 words, <laughs> okay, and I might stumble, okay, and, it's, and the print is small and I'm getting older and I'm smoking a blunt. Enough of the excuses, Demo, just read the thing. All right, damn. My man's Dave Ross, read this yesterday, had a tear coming his eye, he's like, I didn't know you could write. I was like, yeah, nigga, mm-hmm. that was my original <laughs> skill. Here we go. The name of the piece is a gift that's not a gift. BMO's review of the National Cannabis Festival. Are we? Are you ready to leave the house?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A noon sun approaches Apex on a cloudless afternoon, three days post 420. Saturday, a mist is formed in the shadow of the once great RFK Stadium. If this asphalt could talk, it would tell tales of downtrodden footsteps, spilled lager, and tears. Today, the grounds will report little fatigue for the patrons of the National Cannabis Festival gathered but never set foot on Lot 8. Gravity was an option often ignored between each ceremonial pass. The people could fly. After receiving proper credentials and search for anti-flotation devices, a surge of humanity was herded by a soon to be common sound of emergency vehicle. As a result of this quick madness, I found myself in line. A line, I assumed, to be the second form of entry. My ignorance illuminated when a flag-waving ATM slowly appeared in sight. I abandoned this line and the mentality of commercialism. A mistake. Marketed as an all-day concert, exhibit, exhibition exhibitionist fair, exhibitor fair, exhibitor fair, munchie zone, education pavilion, and advocacy village, the main attraction at National Cannabis Fest was not legendary Ghostface Killer or iconic co-sponsor Wiz Khalifa. Measured by occupation of land, length of lines, strength of activations, total amplified noise, and any other observable measure, the focus of the festival is gifting. Official and unofficial exhibitors behave more like open market merchants, flooding the festival with constantly competitive prices, over, uh, ever-changing marketing tactics, and aggressive sales pitches intensifying, intensifying what's unfall. A mass receipt reflective of every patron's purchase would read like a classified ad for bargain services and boat products, $60 an hour massages, replica exotic gems, and overpriced sales fronts. With activities like carnival games, new cultivation technology, rolling competition, flower judging, and a professional wrestling ring, wrestling ring as the young folks would say, it's giving state car- it's giving state fair. Um, an exchange of thrills for cash. The facade of celebration is slowly chipped away by the lack of advertised free water, long lines, limited seating, uh, constant emergency and the bombardment of, pr- of products. The National Cannibal... F- Cannabis festivals, music, education, and advocacy foundations are now used to sell products, merchandise. Sources producing the festival tell me that the total price for this year's festival is nearly three-quarter million dollars. As D.M.V. based artist Joe Joe Schmo Williams stated after leaving the N.C.F. stage, "We went on tour and only made money from from merchandise. Capitalism stains even the purest intentions." Spontaneous conversations while standing in 45 minute conjoined lines for the second for the second entrance to ATM blare over the sincerity of formal dialogue rare rare moments fueled um, fueled with genuine enthusiasm for the fifth repeat of Mary Jane in the third genre are interrupted by the spectacle of failed pitches to visit booth 43. Strategically placed chairs create an illusion of participation in education and advocacy pavilions, but most disengaged by the time they finish their jumbo shrimp baskets. The National Cannabis Festival straddles a nationally recognized phenomenon and a locally highly regarded annual event. In my time in D.C., there are two characteristics that generational Washingtonians respect, sincerity and consistency. Um... Saturday's festival treats those characteristics and their bestowers as inclusionary checkpoints rather than partners in in success. If the NCF is not careful, they will isolate the local community um, trying to grasp national attention. State fairs do not work that way. Simply put, cooking with seasoning tastes differently than seasoning after cooking. I recognize that the nuance of this complaint is exaggerated by its implications, but consider these examples. Local food trunks line the back of the festival while nationally branded or NCF vended food has strategic seating, larger cook areas, and faster service, faster service closer to the center of the festival. I-71 shops from DC are accustomed to, uh, to uh, an exclusive cash business, uh, and when these rules are relaxed during the festivals, these same shops are out-operated by businesses from places where I-71 could only be a highway designation. And then, lastly, while advocacy programs like "Free the Weed Man" created viral merchandise, my me, my Weed Man snuck in through secret passages, artist entourages, and pure hookup. If it means anything, DC stitched. Fi- uh, DC stitched. F- excuse me dc stitch fitteds donned the crowns of groundskeepers almost uniformly the sun has begun to retreat and the laws of gravity are fighting for my attention i have consumed 45 dollars and five dollar water six wings seven jumbo shrimp a piece of my homie's funnel cake three pre-prepared gifts hundreds of sales attempts and a proper and a paper cut from the flyer stuffed in my pocket next to my wallet i'm fatigued by consumption but starved for nourishment my stomach uh, tosses bottled water, but I remain dehydrated. My first purchases after the festival are three lemonades and a meal from my favorite restaurant. I needed taste. Mm. <laughs> that's my review of the National Cannabis Festival. Any thoughts?
1: <laughs> well, I, I told you my thoughts,
0: but go ahead, you can say it out loud because the people didn't hear. Yeah, I
1: feel like it was a little, a little spicy, but that's that's needed.
0: You think the article is a little spicy?
1: Just a just a tad.
0: What was the spicy part?
1: Um I said they had no taste. Yeah, he said they had no taste. Um that I was given state fair. Um you, oh, the fact that people kept trying to sell to you while you were in line or having conversations or at what yeah. the advocacy pavilions? Yeah. yeah.
0: It was a um I just read the article. Right. And I said it in a very beautiful language. But the thing that bothered me most, the thing that bothered me most is the fact that I didn't see myself there. <sighs> mm-hmm. I didn't see the Wake and Bake would be my nice there. I didn't see similarly minded people producing, attending, participating in this national cannabis festival.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the thing that kind of drives me crazy about. marijuana culture is that it often tries to lean on the lowest common denominator as it comes to marketing or even gathering gathering the attention of people. And what this festival did was use weed as a enticing moment, use the usage of weed Mm -hmm. as an enticing moment to get people to buy more weed. Right. When I'm having conversations with potential clients, when I'm having conversations with people who are trying to do events and produce things there in the city, one of the first conversations we have is about ticket pricing. Mm -hmm. If the outcome of your event is to sell a thing, don't charge. Right. Don't charge. Our people have a lower accessibility to capital. Mm -hmm. So the $15 that you was gonna charge to get in is actually a $15 discount on whatever they were gonna buy. So if you had thirty dollar products and you had a fifteen dollar ticket, mm-hmm. don't be surprised. Everybody just buy tickets,
1: right?
0: And then you walk away and you're wondering why your product is not successful. And nothing to do with your product. It ain't got nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. The people broke. When my man's no man asked me at the the flower block party blossom festival, whatever the fuck it was, the flower, flower bomb blossom fest. festival, huh? Flower bomb
1: festival. It
0: wasn't flower bomb festival. It
1: wasn't flower bomb. It was fest. a block
0: party blossom festival, some shit like that. When when I asked my man's good friend of mine from the area, I asked him, hey, you going to National Cannabis Fest? He was like, why would I pay $100 to go to that? To which I choked the motto and said, $100? It's $100, a $100 to go? Now mind you, I was part of the press. I got paid um, to write this article. And they let me in for the joint. But I was disappointed. I was disappointed that there was no nuance. I was disappointed that the main focus of the situation was selling weed, but no one sold weed. That's the thing that gets me. <laughs> how you? How we an advocacy program? supposed to be pushing the boundaries of what's supposed to be legal, but nobody bought weed. If you look at the grand receipt, (laughs) it looked like an Alibaba order and a back page request. That's what it looked like. What? (laughs) Somebody, I'm not gonna say who, somebody was giving out massages as the gift for marijuana. At the National Cannabis Fest, nobody bought any cannabis? <laughs> that really bothers me, that really bothers me. Do we have any comments before we move on to the next topic? But to say, I won't say that I didn't enjoy myself, I will say it was sensational. Mm. And I think people have confused sensation and excitement with quality. Yeah. By no means do I think this was a good, a good festival. It was a festival that happened. I congratulate all the producers who made it happen, because a quarter million, three quarter million dollars is not an easy price tag to clear. But I'm, I'm, I'm begging you, I'm begging you. Maybe you shouldn't have events that goddamn expensive. Right. The stage was, the stage is about as big as this apartment building, and I wish I was exaggerating. The stage was fucking huge. Why? <laughs> Why? Wiz Khalifa ain't that big. <laughs> not. I don't know. I don't know. I, I um. I enjoyed myself, but I did not enjoy the structure, the production, the strategy, the focus of this festival. You know whose festival shit on that? And I hate to say it because I'm the one who made it. <laughs> but I'm I'm being so serious. It, it was really the yeah. Wake and Bake Fest was, incre- it, was it was way more bet. Right. It was way better right. than a national cannabis fest.
1: Everybody there left with something.
0: Yeah, it was real. We talked. It was, we had right. a dialogue. The purpose of it was not to move weed. The purpose was, was to connect people, and that's right. what people did. People connected. Exactly. The future of entertainment is intimacy. Mm-hmm. That's all right. Y'all can keep the festivals though. Hope you had a good time. Yeah, um, you got some comments. The same way I feel about the festival is the same way I feel about the latest season of Snowfall too. Just want to let you know. Oh, <laughs> oh. it lacks taste.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's what it
0: is. Yeah, we ain't got no taste. Ain't got no taste. they The joint turned into power. <laughs> yeah, and power ain't got no taste. Yeah, I'm ready to fight the lady of the house over it too. We fight about it all. Why? Huh? I just <laughs> I want a box.
1: <laughs> no, nah, Ghost is hilarious. <laughs> that nigga is wild. <laughs> he be saying the most disrespectful shit, which is why I enjoy it.
0: And <laughs> <Ain't> he did? <dead? laughs> yeah. All right, let's get to the comments. I don't watch anymore, because
1: he did. <laughs> um chris allen said you sound like jesus before he flipped the tables outside <coughs> who <laughs> you sound like jesus before he flipped the tables outside my
0: mama after the will smith situation my mama called me talking about uh talking about jesus didn't jesus want a peace? and i was like wait till you get corinthians <laughs> wait till you get the corinthians wait. <laughs> i don't think that's true. <laughs> it's not true i don't think that's true based on the stories i wrote uh i read right. uh he
1: was very upset
0: I man's had an attitude mm-hmm. often, <laughs> often. But you know, turn the other cheek, walk on water, whatever. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he said, "Could you bring weed in?" Yes. Oh, that's interesting. I'm surprised they.
0: I thought they weren't going to let you. That's right. why I didn't bring no weed with me. But yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. The rules were. A producer told me I don't want to say who, but a producer who was actually an owner, a pretty, a pretty, esta- a pretty like, uh, established person in the city before they left. Producer told me that they were talking to MPD. And they said that based on how the I-71 <laughs> law is is written, mm-hmm. and because it's like so gray, if let's just say the police captain had a bad day. Yeah. <sighs> he get arrested everybody at the festival. So I
1: How are the laws? I, okay, of- I'll
0: say this because I know I'll say this because I know this to be true. So one of the sponsors uh for the show. Had a booth. Mm -hmm. I was listening to the planning of the booth, right? And I saw the rules for the booth. And of the rules of the booth, it said no amplified noise. Yeah. Right? So they planned a real Gentile, low energy Mm -hmm. situation. When I walk into the National Cannabis Fest, the first thing I hear are DJs, and it's not fair flossing on stage. Yeah. All these other booths have amplified sound. There is a wrestling ring. (laughs) in the middle of the festival. That's wild. In which there are announcers announcing live, like Jim (laughs) Ross, in the middle of the festival. But they told our local dispensaries, keep it quiet. Right. What are the comments we got?
1: Akilah said, same with the intellectuals, same to anyone doing similar concepts. We must come together. Oh. um, I agree. All of the creatives who have similar platforms should come together. We must stop separating our superpowers. This was from earlier.
0: Mm. Uh, Who's that, Chris? No, that
1: was that was Akilah.
0: Akilah. on Instagram. Oh, are you reading comments off of off the YouTube? Yeah. Hey. All right. Ow. Y'all can't get the full screen on YouTube and uh, and uh, Twitter. And I want you to know I'm finna read all you all you punk ass niggas in a second. <laughs> because I saw y'all tweets yesterday. Keep going cuz I got we got one more thing we got to talk about before we get okay. to the burning question.
1: Okay. Boom said Wake and Bake f- MO Film Fest with the looking eyes. And Kendall said making the next Wake and Bake ad and art film would be fire. What do you say? Making the next Wake and Bake ad and art film would be fire.
0: <laughs> okay, so now I have two ideas. So, <laughs> I have one idea for the next for the next Wake it back with BMO promo. Okay, we yeah, need studio though. Yeah, yeah. We need studio and we need money. Like it's like it has to be rich, uh, all right. And now I have now the kinder one says that. Now I want to make like an avant-garde uh, uh, us in black turtlenecks doing random poses like Solange. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah now I want to do now I want to do that shit. Now I want to do some surreal ass art film. It don't make no sense. We know it don't make no sense, but it's pretty. <laughs> I want to do some Black as King type shit. That's what I want to do. You got more comments? Yeah. In
1: fame, that mm-hmm. capitalism is always the problem.
0: Oh, always the problem. Capitalism stains everything. Even mm-hmm. the purest of intentions. Right. Chrissy
1: said, "Keep it spicy."
0: <laughs> Jaden. I didn't think it was that spicy.
1: It's not. It's not like Ooh, I think.
0: I but, think. <laughs> I asked you last night if you were the founder slash owner of the of NCF and you read my article. Yeah. What would you think? And you gave me two answers. You yeah. said if you could take criticism,
1: I would take it with a grain of salt and feel like we missed the mark.
0: But if you couldn't take criticism, you're fucking nigga.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, be upset. <laughs>
0: Here's the thing. I don't feel like I said anything disparaging. I don't think I said, I think I said anything negative. I think I just observed. I saw yeah. what I saw. Right. I didn't write this in an article, but I wrote this in my note. So they say that the average nine to five Monday through Friday worker clocks in for 40 hours, but only works like an average of seven to 10 hours a week, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, because of like Man. productivity yeah. and office distractions and like investment and engagement in the actual job. Like niggas go to nine to five, but mm-hmm. they don't really... They be there, so they should be paid for that time. But right. the actual work that they do is between like one to three hours a day, right? Yeah. You know who don't follow that rule? Who? Niggas who work the velvet rope at events. Mm-hmm. These mm-hmm. niggas clock in at nine and they work the whole time mm-hmm. with sincerity.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I don't see no wristband. You don't got a right wristband. You need a purple wristband. Mm-hmm. I don't see your name on the list. I got to escort you to the back, we take you to the front. I can't get you in here, Blair.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You got a rug wristband. Oh, it's, it's green now. What? Mm-hmm. The niggas who work gates, security, velvet rope at events, these niggas are the true uh, backbone of the American labor force, okay? Because mm-hmm. they work hard. Jesus, I got put out in the VIP. <laughs> I'm trying to interview one of the artists <laughs> and here comes security. Hey, brother, you got. I see you got the wrong wristband on. How you see my wristband on, and I got a long sleeve shirt. Mm. <laughs> Any other comments before we move? Before I drag the people, so I'm finna drag the people.
1: Jada Imani M says, "Wiz ain't that big. I don't know about that." Um.
0: Jada. <laughs> Jada.
1: The LSD episode was lit.
0: The LSD episode.
1: In fame Oda said
0: that Snowfall Snowfall
1: okay Yeah yeah yeah. Oh yeah yeah I mean everybody knows Wiz but
0: Everybody knows Wiz but like
1: I feel like he's not on the level of Snoop
0: No No No
1: Yeah
0: I said I wasn't gonna say something (laughs) negative And I'm not gonna say nothing negative you got any? Do you have any reactions to the to the National Cannabis Fest?
1: I mean, well, you didn't even tell me much. I just read your article. Well,
0: I was trying to keep it to the article to see if you knew what I meant to see if it was okay. clear.
1: Yes, yeah, it's, it's clear. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I I could, I could kind of visualize what you were, what you were saying. Like it, it just felt very commercialistic. Um,
0: it was everybody was as high as they were at the Wake and Bake Fest. Really? Different vibe
1: though.
0: Okay. It was a vibe of fatigue and dry. Hmm. We gotta have more water at the next Wake and Bake Fest. Any other comments? Uh, I gotta, we we, gotta, we, we, got, we gotta keep it moving. Uh, it's 920.
1: Boom says, really proud of your Wake and Bake event, bro. Having watched this since day one and seeing where you are now is inspiring.
0: It's crazy. We was off the phone with no furniture. Now look, we got a whole art background. Wow. We pay for this.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, actually, you know who gave me this, the blues joint?
1: No. Lauren. Which Lauren?
0: My college girlfriend, Lauren.
1: Oh. You all just told me your ex. (laughs) You never said which one.
0: My ex gave me that joint. She got married while I was drying out at the National Cannabis Fest. (laughs) Drying out. As I told you on the... We've had this conversation and I feel like like one of my favorite conversations is um uh when I found out she was getting married, I had feelings. What was the feeling? What would we name it? I forgot what it was. Oh. It wasn't jealousy. Fuck. We had we I gotta listen to the episode, but we had figured it out. We had like pinpointed exactly nostalgia. That's yeah. what it was. It was nostalgia. Yeah. Um we had pinpointed exactly what it was. So she gets she got married on Saturday. I saw her in the wedding dress. I told you she was getting married on like Wednesday or Thursday, and I told you what my biggest feeling was at the time. It wasn't even nostalgia anymore. Now you know what I feel?
1: What?
0: Old. Because that's like, other than her being my college girlfriend, outside of that identity being just my ex, she's a completely individual person, of course, right? Yeah. She's also my peer. Like, her birthday is also 20 days before mine. Like we have the same mindset, we watch the same television shows, like we have the same thinking about, who we had the same thinking about maturity and relationships and age. And she got married. And that makes me feel old, because now that makes me feel grown. It, follow, it, <laughs> it follows up with the conversation we having the other day when I said when 23 and 25 year olds look at me, they look at me like they talking to a, an adult. Yeah, It's the same thing. When I saw in her address, I was like, wow, that's, that's an adult, which means I'm an adult, fuck, Mm -hmm. (laughs) damn, (laughs) fuck, I seen Lafayette on Instagram with a suit on, I was like, what is happening? I've never seen that man in a suit. (laughs) He said he got one money suit, he only bring it out when he know niggas got money. (laughs) 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 And he had a t-shirt on underneath. It's like, what the fuck, I'm really grown? I'm really an adult out here? Yeah. My peers, let let me put it in a better way, my peer, who I respect has gotten has made what I think is a responsible choice to get married. That's a whole nother conversation than my friend got married, because some of y'all friends got married at 22 and been divorced and getting started on their second marriage. Okay, no shade. It's true. I'm talking about somebody that might be on the chat. Okay, it's no shade. It's true though. Some of my friend's already divorced, looking for their second wife, and we in the same peer group. But you also not know- to say that I don't respect y'all. Cause that that was fucked up. I do respect y'all, but what I'm saying is, in this situation, I have a friend whose mind and maturity I do respect, who I consider to be a far more responsible person than me, and she's getting married. She getting, that's a wife. Maybe that means I can't hide behind immaturity anymore. Hmm. <laughs> Ooh. Did I just call me out?
1: <laughs> you did.
0: I mean, if you want to get deep about it, if you wanna get so we got a six year age difference, right? Yeah. Um I don't know why, but for a long time I always indicated age with wisdom. I guess I guess until I got to a certain age. Right? I've had to abandon that same mindset as it came to so our age difference as well. Right? Okay. So I used to assume, especially in our, probably in our second relationship, the worst, I would assume that because I was older, I knew better or I was better at a certain or a certain degree that I had the answers. Like your brother said, like he got it figured out. All right, player, you got it. Right. Um, I've had to abandon that mindset and I think it has freed me of some things. I'm still trapped to it to a certain degree. I made a statement the other day that I don't really appreciate about age, but I'm still getting to it. If we're six years younger and I have abandoned the mindset that age is a direct tie to wisdom, strength, maturity, whatever the fuck else, right? I also can't hide behind you. What do you mean? If I can't, you if maturity is not an excuse. (coughs) Hmm. If the lack of maturity is not an excuse for consistency, then a differential of age cannot be an excuse uh, um, for lack of development. Making sense? I used to think that because I was older than you, I would always be able to lead you, be better, et cetera, et cetera. And in in abandoning that situation, what I have revealed is I was using my age as a crutch to not grow. Mm. Thus, creating a realm for you that makes you minimalize yourself. Because if I can't grow, and I'm sitting here stomping on my feet calling myself a leader, this is relationship two BMO, not relationship three BMO. If if I am uh, standing on the crutch of age and maturity, obviously not advancing, not succeeding in the way that he should be, especially that nigga like two, three years ago.
1: That was like four years ago. God damn, that's crazy. Four or five. Wow.
0: No, but I, I, I feel like I feel like my message has gotten convoluted. But what I'm trying, what the eventuality of what I'm saying is, my mature, responsible friend, who I consider a peer, made a responsible choice to get married.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Therefore, in this moment. Because of this, because of this myth that I have built for myself, maturity can no longer be an excuse for commitment. I'm not ready. What you mean? What you mean you're not ready? My father asked why I ain't married you yet. I told him because we ain't move. (laughs) It's true, though. (laughs) It's because we in this trash-ass apartment. (laughs) That's That's why. That's why you're not ready.
1: No, I'm ready. I I don't want to be married here.
0: No. (laughs) I told my father, I said, what I'm going to do, take her somewhere, (laughs) propose, give her this beautiful ring that I have forged from the ground. (laughs) and then bring her back here? No! Uh-uh. Man, y'all don't even know. Y'all don't even know. You know what? We, we've run out of time for me to drag you, you punk ass niggas, okay? Because I'ma drag y'all on Thursday. I'ma drag y'all on Thursday, for those of y'all. I wanna hear a poll if you think Twitter, I wanna hear a poll if you think black Twitter. Uh, Hold on, let me take some, let me take some stank out of my voice. I'ma ask a quick question and preview for Thursday. Let me get a thumbs up if you think that black folks contributed to the value of Twitter. (laughs) Don't laugh. (laughs) Sorry. I need a thumbs up. Damn it, y'all can y'all see the sarcasm in my face? Is it there? I need a thumbs up if you think that black folks or blackness contributed to the value of Twitter. I want you to give a thumbs up if you think black Twitter is a real place. Uh oh. That is a preview for Thursday's conversation, but right now I need to, burning question! Futter We have talked about the National Cannabis Fest and then our first topic was gentrification. And this pop and this bitch ass pop up. Group. What's up? I don't know if I should say it online. What it is? What I have a history of vandalism. I'll say that. <laughs> I'll just say that. I'll just say that. <laughs> and I'll I'll keep that there. <laughs>
1: um. I don't think I have any questions about what we were just
0: talking about. You any questions about gentrification? What else did I have on the situation this morning? I had, a, I had four things on the docket, but we only talked about two. I guess we got into it.
1: Okay, how would you have made the National Cannabis Festival better? No music. No music? No music. Interesting. <laughs>
0: The only celebrities, excuse me, the only celebrities should be there are celebrity cultivators, celebrity growers, celebrity smokers, um, but no performances. That's where they first fucked up. How? Performances. You made it, you have now, music is so powerful that it can distract focus.
1: Right. Was everybody mobbing towards the stage?
0: Like, if like the... Okay. You put, trying to think. It's demographics. Mm-hmm. You put Wiz Khalifa on, Khalifa, I sound old. <laughs> you put Wiz Khalifa on a flyer next to the creative director for Cookies. Yeah. Who's more likely to show? Who's going to show up more? Wiz Khalifa and music fans or people who know who the creative director of Cookies is?
2: Right.
0: The National Cannabis Fest could have been different because we haven't got to better yet. Could have been different if the focus was more so on the things that they did the following night at Echo Stage which was announced the cannabis winners uh, which I think is the only thing they actually did. They did the Slick Rick concert and they announced the cannabis uh, like, the, like the actual people like judging Mm-hmm. Cannabis, in which I have to figure out how to be a judge, all right? Did so we can kill that shit, all right? us yeah. and us and the thirteen people here, okay? We can kill that shit. aint <laughs> okay. um, you know what's crazy? This is what we would do. This is what we would do to be a judge. We get all the shit, right? Mm-hmm. Make sure we get enough. If I like fifteen people over to the box, have a session. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, take out the music. I think you would have shifted the focus to. A more cannabis ag- advocacy and education moment. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I also would have invited more national people. Okay. That the furthest reach I saw, I think, was Pennsylvania, and technically Street Lawyer Services, because they're in Miami as well. Mm-hmm. But like nobody from Cookies, nobody from Backpack Boys, Damn. nobody from Garrison, nobody from the Canada uh, dispensaries, no legal. People. Well. Wow. Um, and I get why, because as the producer told me, NPD could turn uh, change their mind and just confiscate everybody shit in the rest y'all. Right. And if I'm cookies, do I really want to bring a million dollar worth of product is. over here to get it confiscated, and be arrested in DC for niggas in the gray market? <laughs> fuck no. Get the fuck out of here. Right. Um so I would I would do that. The second thing I would do is and this might be the tricky part. Because every the first thing I just did was actually significantly shrink the audience. If mm-hmm. I take out the music, you significantly shrink the audience. Now right. you have cannabis enthusiasts, right? Right, and you have some cannabis like novice people in there as well. Not too many uh, new people to cannabis or people looking for like more trendy cannabis. Oh, trendy cannabis would be in the in the in the non-music joint. The tricky part now is how would I strip selling. 'Cause that shit ruined. Yeah. That open market ruined the festival for me. Completely mm. ruined it.
1: Okay.
0: Like the fact that me, it was me, Chris Cardi, and Nomad. We were standing in a semicircle talking about uh I think we're actually talking about like the stigmatization of the weed smoker. And we were interrupted twice by two different people. Yeah. Who just walked up and telling us and trying to pitch us Cannabis ideas. That no. ruined, that like, the moment where we were going to have the conversation of music or of, of advocacy and education, destroyed. So yeah. I have to, you, have to somehow, you have to somehow control that shit.
1: Right.
0: I don't know how you do that. Hmm. But control the selling, cut out the music, make it more about the cannabis, and cut the national, cut that shit out. Right. Cut that shit out.
1: Hmm.
0: Cut that shit out, y'all the cannabis festival. We're the Cannabis Festival. Cause we, this is my last point. And I hope there's some niggas from here that's on here. Never in my travels on this United States mm-hmm. have I met a group of people who are from here who don't want to be from here.
1: Yeah.
0: Niggas don't want, and I'm saying, I'm saying that not only as a, I'm saying that not only as the festival coordinators i'm saying that also as the demographic right. because if they made it to dc cannabis festivals niggas from here would be like Ugh, not that local shit right call it the cannabis festival and the reason why you call it the national cannabis festivals is so so the cannabis festival is so that you can separate yourself from dc right i know i hear what's going on mm-hmm. if i can create a theory to taught me too much i see what's happening <laughs> I want to get an attitude about it, but I'm trying to be chill and just put out this article. <laughs> I'm not gonna make a clip about it. All right. that answer your question, yeah. Cut the music, center the cannabis, bring in the enthusiasts, bring in the nerds.
1: Yeah, the true connoisseurs.
0: I'm in. Mean, I'm on a very thin line with. I'm in a very thin line on this next point. I'm about to make.
1: What's up?
0: But I'm tired of these bud tenders.
1: Mm. Wait. Why? You mean like? Not dispensaries though
0: The bud tender There are Women
1: Okay Oh okay
0: Who okay. resemble bottle girls Got you And know much about um Marijuana as Bottle girls know about champagne Right That's not what I need at this festival I need a nigga that's gonna tell me Who's gonna be able to print me a who's gonna be able to test the weed in front of me, print me a receipt and be like, this is how you're gonna get. That's the type of shit I wanna see at a national cannabis festival. Right. I wanna see more cutting edge te- cutting edge technology like how to grow seeds faster but safer. Right. How to be more sustainable.
1: Mm-hmm. Get
0: me into the agriculture of the motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Don't just sell me some weed, man. Fuck. I got weed. Right. <laughs> And I don't have to pay $85 to get some weed. Right. I don't have to pay $85 to text my ass right now. That's ridiculous. All right, so I'm I'm about to get the attitude. <laughs> we want to thank y'all for watching another episode of Hawaii Bake We It Be. Mo. We're gonna leave y'all with uh the Technicolor video. Make sure you go check out my man Yaj tomorrow. Actually, today. Today, at the pie shop, they're having the organic choice put on by Maiden of DMV. <laughs> <laughs> My man Yaj will be performing. I need y'all to give it up loud. You know, um, I don't know. If, uh, uh, what? Uh, I gotta I got to check to see if they let our people in in the pie shop, okay? Oh, <laughs> okay, because they don't let the dirty people in just like a songbird or whatever. Whatever, y'all have y'all safety, huh? Technical? Yeah. We're going to play my man Yaj Technicolor before we leave out. Head out to uh, Broccoli Organic Choice tonight. See my man perform. I think he's going to do that. Either that or Purple Sage. But here's... Here's my concern. What's up? When Yaj performs... Here's what I noticed about the artists I fuck with. Yeah. Any artists I fuck with. We'd be in like small situations because we're a very intimate group. Yeah. In boss the small situations and they start performing and people are dumbfounded. Yeah. Like the initial, the initial reaction is just like. Right. And so in a contest that's based on noise, I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I wanted to be a judge. Okay. Because that silence to me is, is huge. Like you were listening. Like you were, you were transfixed. Right. Not you were prepared to respond. You were listening to intake Instead of listening to respond, mm-hmm. play my man Technicolor. Good morning, y'all.
2: If you name no place in some I'll be there. There could be another life, I'd be there for you. If it gets cold, I'll warm it. If it's too loud, I'll calm it down. If it gets dim, if it all fades out, I'll see you in Technicolor. I love it, you need it, I want it, the deeper, the color Oh, falling in between. Hold on to me. If it all gets dim. If it all fades out. If it all fades out, I see you in Technicolor, I see you see you. I see you, see you. I see you in technical, I see you see you. See you in technicals. If you name the place in time, I'll be there It can be another life, I'll be there for you And if it gets cold, I'll warm you And if it's too loud, I'll calm it down And if it gets down, if it all fades out I see you in second color. Oh, I see you in second color. I do. I see you in second color. Oh, I see you in second color. I do. I do. I see you in the color.